0: Y'all welcome back to but not all at once the podcast for people who have no idea how to pose for photographs and do what absolute idiots do evidently and just look at a camera and smile when in fact in order to make a photograph instagram worthy evidently there's a 16 step process that involves standing on your toes popping your hip tilting to a 73 and a half degree angle to the camera Tilting your pelvis back at a truly uncomfortable back arching level, moving your elbow to the point that it might jab the gal next to you in the ribs and pointing your chin towards the camera at a level that absolutely no one would use in real life. But evidently it shaves, you know, six to 12 ounces off your figure. Clearly, I need to learn the ways of 17 year old girls and models who have mastered these processes. But I am not among that group. If you aren't, welcome. I'm your host, Ann Smith, and today we're gonna talk about something really important. Bonnie McLean is a fifth grade teacher here in Greenville, South Carolina, who encountered something she had heard about but never lived with last year a dyslexia diagnosis. She taught me so much in this conversation, not just about education, learning differences, tutoring. Asking for extra resources, but parenting and patience and encouragement and what it takes to get through a challenging time, it involves a lot of patience, zero panic, pulling in a deep bench of experts, and lots of research. Essentially, it is adulthood in a nutshell. Statistics point to the idea that somewhere between 15 and 20% of people deal with dyslexia. So if you or your children aren't dealing with it, I can guarantee you that your friend or your neighbor is dealing with this right now. And the only way we're going to figure out how to encourage our kids to thrive academically and emotionally as they carry this is to talk about it. So that's what we're going to do today. You're going to love Bonnie McLean. All right, I'm here with Bonnie McLean, and I'm really excited because we're going to talk about something that I think A, is pretty common, B, isn't talked about enough, And C is probably not described as exciting very much, so perhaps we could have found a better adjective, but here we are. Hello, I'm so glad you're here, especially considering that school starts for you. In roughly Very thirty sane. seconds, <laughs> so you stole some last precious moments of your summer breakaway for us. A I'm little bit. Super thankful.
1: Glad to be here. So tell us about who you are and what you do. My name is Bonnie McLean. I'm a fifth grade teacher, and I'm going into I think my seventeenth year. This better not
0: to count after a while. Okay, never mind. <laughs> Brand new <laughs> teacher. Number of years
1: don't matter. It's
0: weird because she's 21, but this I is know. her seventeenth year I of know. teaching. I just, I'm just. Stay the same age. So you are very experienced and also very young at the yes, same time. so perfect that. balance. That, yes, mm-hmm. absolutely. It's a perfect balance. And you have actual children you come home to in addition to the ones in your
1: classroom. Yes. I have an eight-year-old and a five-year-old.
0: Both little boys. Yes,
1: both boys.
0: And they are going into, what is that, kindergarten and second and right down the hall from you. Yes. Is yes. that really fun? You
1: know, it can be. Sometimes when they get in trouble... the most diplomatic
0: answer I've ever heard. It
1: can be. It depends it can on the be. day. It depends on how they're behaving.
0: And let's give that kindergartner a chance. Because he hasn't had time to make trouble Please yet. So. And if he's in Chapman's class, he might not need to work real hard to cause trouble. So <laughs> stay tuned. We may be in contact. We will not release this until those class lists <laughs> are finalized. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so we are here today because in addition to teaching in the elementary school setting for 17 years... You have a child who has been diagnosed with dyslexia. Mm-hmm. And you know, you would think, well, I think there's a certain humility that comes with parenting in general. In every season, you are humbled anew of just, oh, I am totally mm-hmm. new to this. Every I stage. Do not know anything. And I think about a pediatrician that I met before she had children. And then I remember her coming back after her maternity leave and the sheer just, I just want to go ahead and give you this disclaimer of I am so sorry (laughs) if I ever said anything as a categorical truth about sleep training or feeding or schedules. Because let me just tell you, I'm in the thick of it. And I wonder if education is not that same way. Like you get this kind of head learning. Yes. What's it like to live it out at home?
1: Well, so the grade I teach, we're not quite there yet with my yes. sons. So right now, that's different. So
0: you can still be the expert. I'm still, the expert. I'm still an
1: expert on, on fifth grade. Um, I'm not, however, an expert on kindergarten or first. I'm probably not going to be on second either. So Spoiler we'll alert. We'll see. We'll see. Um, that being said, um, I really wanted to talk to you today because I feel like if I'm a teacher in the same school as my children and I dedicate my life to children. I absolutely love teaching. It's my passion. And yet I'm so humbled by the fact that like, I never saw it in my own children. And it's not that I would have, I don't have any problem with it. Like it's, you know, it is what it is. And we, we accept it and we, and we work with it. Um, but it was like, it just wasn't never on the radar. Right. Until it was.
0: So you didn't find this out until your
1: child was seven and a mm-hmm. half? Um, in first grade. Mm-hmm. And
0: that's something... Which is very young
1: for when to find out your child is dyslexic. It's normally not, not until third or fourth or even fifth.
0: Which is when it's already caused probably some lingering hurt feelings. Yes. And insecurity. And
1: a lot of... They are already kind of done with school. Right. Like negative feelings and attitudes. Because you're not towards... getting those gold stars. No. And it's hard. It is very, very hard. So let's back up a little bit for people who
0: don't have any experience with dyslexia and tell folks kind of what is dyslexia because it's not just, hey, you can't read.
1: Right. And and it's also interesting to know that as a teacher, upper elementary, I'm not trained in dyslexia. Teachers in the school setting that have gone through college and I have my master's, you're not trained to be able to... I would say, in my own opinion, correct, correctly teach children who have these type of auditory processing disabilities. So, backing up, so dyslexia kind of falls under a big umbrella. And it's what I, again, this is my opinion, but it's very much like um, a spectrum type of reading disability. So, it's not one size fits all. No, language. no. Um, and a lot of people think, oh, my kid is drawing his letters backwards. He must be dyslexic. Panic, toxic. panic, panic. Yes. Like, turn it the other way. Write it the other way. Right. Um, that's, I mean, that is definitely a sign. I think that's the most common sign people
0: Especially see. if it's consistent, I would think. Yes.
1: But then you also have to understand, I saw a meme. This is t- to kind of interject. I saw a meme and it had a chair facing, like, just on the t- on the floor. And then they turned the chair and they flipped it facing the opposite direction. And then they flipped the chair upside down. And then they flipped the chair sideways. And it's like, no matter which cha- way a chair faces, it's still a chair. Right. So if you tell your kid, like... When they're learning letters, like, this is a B. And then if it's flipped, that's... You told me that was a B. Even though you flipped it. That's what it looks like to me. It has the little ball and it has the stick. Right. And it's... Okay, you flip it upside down, it's still a B, you know? So it's very hard to kind of categorize because you can have mild. You can have, like, a moderate dyslexia. Severe. It can manifest itself in different ways. And it's not something you ever get rid of. Like, you can't just learn a different way and all of a sudden your dyslexia is gone. Like your eyes and your brain automatically like fit, refix the wiring and you can see letters the way that they're supposed to be meant. You're going to have it forever. It's just um, you have to be, re- you have to retrain your brain on how to organize the information.
0: And probably your teachers and your parents need to be aware so that they can teach you in a way that yes. reflects how your brain works. And
1: that's that's why I feel so passionate. Is because I'm like if I'm a teacher and I didn't see it I think about all the moms and the dads out there that they are not in the education system. We're relying on you. Yeah, I mean, no are not relying on me. Like, right. holy moly. That's so, a lot of pressure. So I just want to educate people on, like, the things I saw, um, the things that I now know were signs, hmm. um, and when you should really talk to your doctor um, or your teacher. And, again, this is strictly my story. This is not anything other than... As a mom, me just kind of talking to you about what I saw with my children.
0: So you're not saying go to absolute panic level. You're just no. saying just keep your eyes open.
1: Right. I mean, it's just like anything else. Like if you, that you noticed they were lumping, right. you would keep an eye on it and maybe take them to the doctor. Right. Or if you noticed they were sniffling a lot more with allergies, you would take them to the doctor or see a specialist. It's no different. It's no different. You just don't panic and you just kind of check in and watch and as you're reading with them kind of just monitor and how things are going.
0: It's an interesting thought because we all I mean, I just imagine you see the same things I do. Like that whole discussion, what if no one sees colors the same? Yeah. And how could I even tell you what yellow looks like, right? right. So I imagine when I'm teaching you the letters you see what I see, right? And maybe, maybe that's not true. So, we won't get into how it typically manifests because I know there may not be typical. But in your right. story, how did dyslexia kind of first rear its head for your son? So
1: he, I mean, in three or three or four years old, he knew his letters, he knew his sounds. He could go through the whole alphabet. You know, I didn't. I never pushed. Like I was never a parent that like. We read for hours a day, and we did lettering. I mean, I was never like a pushy parent because.
0: Well, first of all, who has time when you're yeah, teaching all day long? I mean, I'm like
1: done. Like here's no some teaching. food. Let's snuggle. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, and now I've got a great paper. Right. Um. So, he knew his letters. He knew his notes. His sound. He knew his sounds. He loved to be read to. I mean, he loved stories. Um. He Which never. Which is such a great start. And, and 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 he's a boy, so he never had really any interest in like. Mom, I want to sit down and read and like, teach me. Like, I felt right. like he was more of, like, a, a boy. Like, I don't want to say boy. A typical boy where it's, like, he wants to throw a ball. He wants right. to run. He's, he's busy. He's busy. He, he's not into the fine motor things, like coloring. Like, right. I, I would sit for hours on color if I could.
0: It's a different childhood. Uh, yeah. And so... And I, to be fair, I have probably one of each. The mm-hmm. stereotypical busy boy and the boy who was, like, you know what? I just taught myself to read. It's fine. Don't worry. I'm going to be in the corner. Reading. Just digging into a
1: three hundred page book. Right. So just with my story, this is my first um, I was a new, a new mom. I Which guess.
0: by the way is so challenging because you don't know your child is the only one you've oh. ever known at that level. So why would you think You're anything in would uncharted be uncharted territories? Yes. And I was proud that he knew his letter sounds and his you should have letters been. and I'm, his numbers. Our kindergarten, I mean we'll find we'll find out next week how oh. our kindergartner pairs. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's our fingers. Um, So I was really proud of him there. And and really the first thing that I noticed, because, again, he wasn't into writing, he didn't want to like color, was um, we would read and we would start trying to sound out words. So, like, it would be a small book and it would be like, I see a dog. And the picture would be like a boy and a dog, maybe a small dog. And we would do the letter sounds for dogs. So D says duh, O says ah, G says guh. And I'd be like, can you put those together and say them quickly? And and he could never do it. It mm-hmm. was, it was literally, I mean, it was never like, he could say duh, ah, guh. And then I'd be like, say them faster together. And it would, and it would never. Just didn't click. It, it never clicked. And then I'd say like, okay, well, what do you think the word is? And he'd be like, puppy. And he's using his visual cues. Right, he, those context uses, clues are important. Yes, and the picture has a puppy. And so the first thing I noticed was, he uses picture clues a lot, which, now that I'm learning about how to teach, how to read in early childhood, that is a very good skill to know, is using your visual cues. That's a whole skill in itself that you want all kids to know how to do. Right. So we applaud kids that do that. We want all the kids to do that until they learn how to read, is to use their the pictures, because that's why we use picture books. Right. Um. So that that's that's a great thing to use, but I felt like he was overusing them, and I felt like he was never using the letter sounds of that word. So like,
0: he didn't really advance to connecting those two things. Yes,
1: like it, yes, it is a puppy, but puppy has no sounds of the D of the O of the right. G. So I, I would kind of get really in my in my Mind, I'm like kind of frustrated, like oh my gosh, how can he not put these letters together? But I'm like, okay, we just need to work harder. So we would do it every night, and it still would be the kind of the same thing. Like, and it,
0: did it become like a tearful? Because in some cases, reading books can be like this sweet, fun bonding
1: time. Did it become um, like a frustrating time for him? For him, no. I don't think he ever really. Caught on that I was like that's not it. <laughs> I think I was just like try again. I think it's you know kid c- kid you know right. kid. It's not children. It's kid. Right. You know. Um, and a lot of the times he was right because in those books the visual cues are the correct word. Right. So it was it was a fun it was fine it wasn't anything. And then um, he did fine in kindergarten. Um, uh, he, and in kindergarten where.
0: Making sure we know our letters, Mm -hmm. learning all the sounds, and then we have... What, do we
1: work on kind of sight words in kindergarten? Definitely sight words, which is memorization, which right. is great. He knew all his sight words memorized. Um, he would still trick up with a few like with and will. When, the W ones are really hard. So those were still some that he struggled with, but like the other sight words he knew. Social skills were fine. Math was fine. I mean, he was really strong in math and he was strong in the memorization of his sight words.
0: And really, I would love for you to just be nice to your friend. So yeah. if you're not like starting oh. to fight Cafeteria, don't we're, we're good? Get some toys and don't lunch. Yes, and,
1: we're you know, good. You're good. So he was He was great and you know, and um, didn't have any behavioral issues or anything. And he liked school. Um, I mean, even in kindergarten, he didn't enjoy homework, but right. he would do it and it would not be like a stressful situation. So then um, he went into kindergarten, uh, first grade, and in schools, they kind of test students based on like an alphabetic system. And that's kind of where you know if your kid is like below grade level, on grade level, above grade level. So you're reading it B level or Q level yes. or whatever. Yes, and, it, and it rate the, spec that the range is from kindergarten all the way to fifth grade. Mm-hmm. So like by fifth grade, you're kind of supposed to be reading it like the end of the alphabet. Right. Levels. And it's different for every grade. What I had noticed was by like a couple months in, after talking with his teacher, the reading was not progressing. Not necessarily worried about the levels, it just his reading itself, she didn't see him like moving forward forward and we had a long talk um along with a reading specialist at his school and they were you know like we do think he has a you know a dyslexia he has some form of like an auditory processing which auditory processing fits and fits in with dyslexia so and we should say that
0: that's super early Very for early. anyone to catch on to those signs because there's such a range of what's normal in kindergarten. Right.
1: So some of the things, like I, I made a list of like the top three things that I saw that were signs of dyslexia. So I'd like to share those with you. Um, yes, he did his letters and numbers backwards. When he wrote them? When he wrote them. Mm-hmm. Um, two and five always backwards. Seven was backwards a lot. Nine Really, a lot of the letter, of the numbers were backwards. Again, your typical letters like B and D, um, S was backwards a lot. So, you know, I did notice that. So, again, there's that little red flag, so I just wanted to monitor and watch. Um, again, the, the processing of the, the letters by themselves and putting them together was another sign, which at the time I didn't know right. was, but... I could write that down and say, this is what I've been seeing. And then the other one was, um, we would, so if we were reading that book, I saw the dog, the dog is Brown. We would get to the word dog. We'd spend honestly a few minutes trying to decode the word dog. Um, and by decode, I just mean like sounding out each letter and putting it together. And then we would literally get to the next line and it would be the exact same word literally five seconds later. And he couldn't say the same word. Like I'd be like, we just, I mean, it wasn't even like we went and ate dinner and came back. It was like, we just finished with that word. The dog is brown. Like it's 10 seconds later. It's a new word every time.
0: A new word every time. So at that point, are you a frustrated mom? Who's like, this kid is not paying attention. Or are you like, Ooh, this doesn't make sense to me. Something's not adding up. Cause I I feel like I would be like, Girlfriend. Open your eyes, I and that would be terrible. There was some
1: frustration with me, but I was trying really hard not to be right because I just his personality doesn't lend itself like he would probably try to sh- shut down quicker. Right. And I'd be, and I'd be like, babe, we just saw that word, like Mary Poppins." <laughs> I'm trying really hard to hear Mary Poppins. I think a lot of his strategy was he was so smart, and he could kind of honestly manipulate me into telling him the word, <laughs> like. He knew kind of how to work me where I would think he was reading, but really it was like I was kind of nudging him the words. Which brings us to
0: the point, by the way, that dyslexia and cognitive abilities do not go like there. There is no correlation between. And actually, from what I've learned, many many people who deal with dyslexia are on the higher end of the IQ spectrum, and so not only are they learning, but they're making these fantastic. Coping skills, yes, like like memorizing and manipulating your mom, whoever <laughs> <to>, else, <laughs> to make it happen. So this is not a label. And honestly, even if your child did have some cognitive function issues, oh, absolutely. that's not that's not a judgment or a statement on their worth as a person. But let's just say we are not saying dyslexia so strictly to talking about dyslexia. It right, has
1: no basis on their intelligence. It's how your brain it works. Is- how your brain works and I have a really good analogy um so those are the three things I saw that I would like if they asked me to write down what I was seeing I would write those things down come to find out later those were signs of dyslexia so he got tested and we probably found out in January of his first grade year which again is super super early um most kids I think are really not Um, diagnosed with this auditory processing until maybe third or fourth or fifth or even middle school because their coping skills are so good
0: they're adept at figuring out a way around the the challenge and then they get to a
1: point where they can't the coping skills are are not enough for the, the level of rigor so
0: what's critical about finding out sooner instead of middle school not necessarily kindergarten because again
1: and kindergarten is a whole nother entity. Right. It's more about like socialization and just learning the routines of basically I mean, kind of like I mean,
0: we've, <laughs> we've told Chapman that so many times he keeps telling us we're nervous. And we're like, buddy, again, the first week is like, this is a table we're going to sit at. Let's tuck our chairs under. I mean, yeah. it, is, it is not going to be chemistry or calculus. You're going to be good. But I think that's important to note is that the sooner you can catch it, in a reading capacity. And, and this, is, this is
1: why I wanted to talk to you, because if you if you didn't know, you, you don't have to know, um, but it's just important to, to be aware and right. just to have a little bit of basis, a little bit of knowledge to really to have something in your back pocket. Cause you know, with me, it's I think medically anything in your back pocket just to kind of be aware. Like, okay, well, I learned that you know this is what you're supposed to do if you get a and jellyfish sting. is red flags, yes, yes. So, and it's not to, to self-diagnose. Whatever you do, don't self-diagnose.
0: You know what you should do? You should drive straight to your school right now. You should be like, <laughs> "Hello, Mrs. Jones. I just listened to the But Not All Once' podcast, and I've diagnosed my child. Yeah, let's schedule the a four-hour conference." Like, it is dyslexic. Um, And the 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 teacher is going to mail me me a Molotov cocktail. (laughs) It's going to be terrible. But I do think that there is tremendous power, and I would love to hear from your perspective what came with that diagnosis. Because in a lot of situations, getting a label can be really hard. It can feel heavy, but this has got to feel freeing. Like we have a name. At first, I was
1: like, "Oh my gosh!" Like it was very like take my breath away because I was like, academics. There's such. Oh, no. like they just place so much importance on academics and the standards just get harder and harder. And I know, cause I teach fifth and I know right. what's expected. We're not playing around fifth grade. Yeah. Um, that it just gets harder from here. And then I'm, you know, and then I kind of was like, you know what? Those things that frustrated me were like legit things that are happening. And there are ways we can rewire the brain. I love that. So, it just was a bit of a frame like, okay,
0: now we find it. Here we tools. go.
1: Let's go. Let's do we this. We know what it is. We know. Yeah.
0: So to I think well, I was a communications major, which Bradley, who majored in like engineering, which he thinks is like super hard and important or something for reasons Bradley, I don't please. I don't understand. Come at me. Just because I had some football players in my group projects, he's all like, mm, your 3.9 means nothing. <laughs> we'll work that out with a marital counselor later. But my point being, in my communications class, there was always the idea of the power of language, that to name it is to know it. Like, yeah. It gives you power over something. And I find that is so true in my personal life. Right. I would rather fight a monster with a face and a name than some enigmatic, gray, shadowy,
1: and and think, what are we facing?
0: Currently? And I think
1: that's where a lot of your podcast people are coming at, like, help me. I don't know what's happening. Right. And then it's like, okay. Which, is- wait,
0: I say every day about all number of things. <laughs> My iPhone, <Every>. the recycle <laughs> delivery, like yeah, it, right. all the things. So don't look to me for any help, but maybe we'll get some smart folks on here like Bonnie. Right. We'll do I what mean, we can. I mean, let's let's not, don't go over the more about the
1: <laughs> smart part. Like, so we'll, nice. but we're going to name it. We're going to name it and claim it. Yeah. Get our and, power and, back. And, and, and that's where I was like, we named it and I'm going to claim it. And so... I think I was at an advantage being an educator, so that's where it's like, okay, here we are, let's do this. So, right. so then I started learning. So, this is where it got really interesting for me is that I started learning other signs that are things of dyslexia. So, for instance, I didn't know that if you're bad at rhyming words, that could be a sign of dyslexia. Well, that was never my son's issue. Like he would rhyme, he could rhyme, he could rhyme really well, and I don't mean like he was. So he's like basically rapping. a rapper. Yeah, yeah. He's a rapper. You just threw him out a beat. Yeah, I just like <laughs> threw him a beat, and he could go at it. So he rhyming was never an issue. And then like things, he would use the wrong word because he couldn't retrieve it in his head the right word. So for instance, like we had some bagels in the kitchen one day, and he came in and he's like, "Mom, can I have one of the donuts?" And I literally counted kind of done Was like, oh, "We don't, we don't have any donuts, babe." And then I was like, oh, do you mean a bagel? And he was like, yes, a bagel. And I was like, yes, yes, you can have a bagel. So it was like, I'm like, babe.
0: That's know? how his brain
1: is firing. Yes, it was like he, the, he couldn't retrieve the right word. And so then like we'd see, like for instance, the other day we saw, I think like a watermelon display or something. It was like, you know, something decorative. And he said, look at that pineapple. And I'm like, you mean the watermelon? And he was like, yeah, 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 the watermelon, the watermelon. He'll confuse like yesterday and tomorrow um, words that are like similar, but right. like not the right word. And, and even so, as like an eight year old, he should know the between a bagel and a donut, right. which he does. It just didn't come out that way. It just doesn't come out that way.
0: And I think any one of those things you could kind of brush aside if you Absolutely. Didn't know. So Absolutely. like, I mean, what parent has not been just charmed by a child using yesterday wrong. Yes. Like on yesterday, are we going to go see grandpa? Yes. That's adorable.
1: Or like yesterday night. Right. Like my five year old says that and I'm like, oh my God, you're so cute. To be fair, I do occasionally accidentally say yesterday night. I yes. had to, I had
0: to delete something when I typed that this very morning, but that's a difference. It's only, you know, I use words for my job. Yeah. It's fine.
1: And, it's fine. And this was more of a consistent thing and, and he doesn't do it all the time. I mean, it's just, if I'm starting to piece all this together, I'm just adding more to the, to the, to the like, okay, checking that, checking off my list right. Like, yes, he does do that. It's almost um, a
0: forensic effort to go back and piece together yes, what you didn't know at the time. Yes. And then it like starts
1: to click. Like, oh my gosh, it makes sense. Um, he cannot remember names. Um, and, and again, a lot of people don't like my husband. Grown men are like, wait,
0: what? Just <laughs> introduce them.
1: Um, but like, we'll be playing with a new friend and he will literally come up to me at least five times and be like, what was her name again? And I'm like... I'll just... And it, it'll be a common name. Like, right. it's not, like, hard. It'll, you know, like, John. And he's like, okay. And then he'll come back and like, what was your name
0: again? And First like, of all, John. props to him for caring. I know. Because Chapman would just be like, hey, what's that kid, that kid with the ball over there? Hey, kid with the ball. Yeah. <laughs> or he would ball. call him the wrong name and the kid's like,
1: that's not my name. And he was like, oh, sorry. <laughs> like, I don't remember your name. So, again, that's another one. Um, and then... Another one that I noticed was like following multi-step directions. Mm. So um, one time I said we were in the backyard, and when we go in the house, it's kind of a rule that you take your shoes off before you go inside because we have a dog and you know right. dog poop. So oh,
0: no, we have a 14 year old Labrador. We are very aware. Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> so the I said I need you to go up, go to the back porch, take off your shoes, and go to the kitchen and get like something, spoon. And then bring it back outside, because we were grilling out. And he was like, okay. So he, he goes to the back porch, he takes off his shoes, and he goes inside. And then a few seconds later, he comes back out, puts his shoes, and he comes back downstairs. And he has, like, nothing in his hands. <laughs> and I'm like, did you get the spoon? And he was like, oh, yeah. So then he does it again, and he goes, and he goes to get the spoon. But So he heard the direction he needs to go upstairs, take off his shoes. Because it was almost like, i would get in trouble. The right. had with shoes on. Go inside. But what am I doing in here? And then literally, I think the TV just caught his attention. Or he just, like, went into the kitchen, and then he just came back out. <laughs> and he put his shoes back on. So, there, and, and that's, you know, kind of a, a, a funny one. And, and, and it, again, a lot of kids forget, and a lot of kids get tuned out if, you, if you they're walking by and the TV's on. But um, when I'm starting to piece things together, that's another... It's, again, your brain, the processing of your brain. Um, and one analogy I heard that I loved was think of your brain as like a closet, a very well-organized closet. And if I said, Ann, go, go in your closet and get your red shirt and bring it out. you, If your closet is organized, everything's hanging up, Maybe it's a this is, this is
0: a very foreign concept to me, but continue. Don't <laughs> worry. I'll, I'll get
1: to your real closet. The
0: organized closet is very confusing.
1: Um, you can go in your closet, and since it's organized, you know where the red sweaters are. So you right. pick the sweat, red sweater, and you just take it right just back quick, out. quick, quick, quick. Very quick. In and out. Um, dyslexic mind, and this is just an analogy, is more of like the closet. Everything is on the floor in piles. To my closet. Yeah, mm-hmm. so your real closet. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. then if I said, go get the red sweater. Well, you... You probably remember where the red sweater is, somewhere in the piles. Right. And you can weave through, the, you can sift through the piles to get it. Um, it's just going to take you longer, and it's it may more not of an be effort, right. and it may not be the right red sweater, but right. red sweater, nonetheless, and it might be under the third pile you look under, or it might be at the bottom of the pile. It might just exhaust you. And it's exhausting. <laughs> and it took longer. Right. You know, it takes a multiple time So and then, there has to
0: be frustration involved in a lot of that kind of, mm-hmm. just the work to find the word for a bagel.
1: Right. So we also, you know, kind of looking at it, dyslexia, like when we're looking at the the idea of it, dyslexia is more of like a language thing where your eyes probably could see the words backwards. I'm not Mm -hmm. saying they don't. I'm just saying it's more to it than just that from, from what I'm learning. Right. Um, part of dyslexia could also be like the auditory processing where, um, their brain is very, um it doesn't work like someone who is not dyslexic. So therefore if you give them multi-step directions, they really need to concentrate on the first direction before moving to the second, which is why the shoes come off, but the spoon didn't make it outside. That's right. So then, you know, so what I should have, you know, I should have taken it just one step at a time. So for instance, what I've learned, one of my things is, um, and this is probably just good. And for me, this is just good teaching and probably good parenting is I'm just teaching him one step at a time. Like, I'll say, I need you, instead of saying, all right, time to go to bed. I need you to pick up your shoes and put them where they go. I need you to pick up the toys in the den and then go upstairs and put on your pajamas. Like,
0: That's a lot of information. Right. I'm like, and go,
1: you know. Like, do it all do and that. do it thoroughly. And I'll see you upstairs. Yeah. Um, I'll say, okay, go get your shoes and go put them away. And then he'll go do that. And then I'll say, okay, now it's time to pick up the den. Pick up the den. And he knows, he they just know the toys go in the playroom. Okay, now let's go upstairs and put on our pajamas. So I I make it very um, intentional, one-step direction. And then you
0: get the success. Yeah. So it feels great. Yeah. Because otherwise, you're just like,
1: oh, it's never right. And and even as a parent and a teacher, they'll come back and say, what was the second direction? And I'm like, you're not listening to me. The second direction was coming up den." You know, or whatever it was even in my classroom. So it
0: changes your expectations, too. Yeah. It changes the way you parent, but it also changes what you expect it's from small.
1: We do, like, small successes rather than, like, multiple which things
0: all at once. I think we should get all the gold stars we can. I mean, like, that's got to feel awesome. Well, I, I want like, a small success for, like, you got out of bed. Work. look, Which is no small deal. And I just remembered mm-hmm. while we were talking, I might have it on the wrong setting. And you know what? It's on. So we're good. Gold star, i will just come back to you. <laughs> like, it'll be fine. I think one thing that I didn't fully understand, and we talked about this a bit before, is that dyslexia is a lot more common than any of us knew. And yes. part of that is because it was probably not nearly as widely diagnosed when we were growing up. Absolutely. So we may not have had tons and tons of friends, but there, the estimates that I read said you know 15 to 20 percent of mm-hmm. children
1: could fall under that umbrella i mean if coming to talk to you i, I said you know gosh is this going to be something people want to hear like am i going to make sense it's something they need to hear a eh? and then i'm like if 20 percent of the people who are listening are dyslexic or if 20 of the people who are listening their kids are dyslexic
0: i have four children bonnie mm-hmm. so one thing that was interesting we discussed earlier is i do pr and freelance writing i'm not in education i'm barely teach my children anything besides, like, maybe manners. But I try. I'm trying. (laughs) I'm trying really hard. I went to an event for a client who's in economic development. You would imagine that the topic of dyslexia would come up roughly zero times a year in meetings like a room filled with people in suits and heels and shiny shoes. So I come to this event, and not only is dyslexia the topic – of discussion, It is a topic that brought grown, important, titled men to tears because of the children in their lives that they loved that it affected. And it also was able to tie in something that's really important for economic development, which is workforce development. Mm-hmm. So you and I are looking at eight-year-old children. They are looking one decade further where an eight-year-old becomes an 18-year-old who needs to be hireable if not going to college, if not going to the military, is going into the workforce. So we have a decade to make up this lost ground. So that's where I, having never taken a class in education, learned that from, you know, birth through, let's say, third grade Mm -hmm. is a process of learning to read. And then we Mm -hmm. hit third grade, and now we're reading to learn. So we're consuming the content on the page. You know, suddenly Mac is... Comparing and contrasting yes. Roman and Greek mythology. Because that's a thing my little nerd inherited from me. We love it. It's a great dinner conversation. <laughs> Poor guy. We're gonna delete this episode before he's dating. It'll be fine. Poor all <laughs> the other members of the family. <laughs> They're like, this is deeply fascinating. Can we move on? We got Chapman a big book with fold out pictures of oh. like ancient monsters. Oh my god. So he's like he's here for the Cyclops, you know what I mean? Yeah, he like, wants to I talk about the old stories. Yeah. Tell me about the Odyssey and the Aeneid, but only oh about the monsters. Okay, we'll get off the Latin train. But all of that to say, that eight-year-old, that third grader, is no longer sounding out words. He's reading to learn the content on the page. So if we don't catch this...
1: Well, and that's another thing to point out to parents is, I know many teachers, and, and, and it's like, well, my child's always made A's. And I'm like, well... K one and two, they're just teaching them how to read, right? And then the big, and then you'll see this big jump when your kid goes to third. I mean, they put the, like, the fear then, of God in you about third grade. Let me yes, just tell you, and that it's well, they should be reading. We ha- and the and the thing is, as a teacher, we're pushed to mandate the standards, mm-hmm. so we can't. I mean, we want to slow down. Like if I could slow down and sure m- make sure everybody. And, and then and, hug every kid in the class when they do well. And make sure everybody is emotionally well and, right. you know, healthy and, you know, mentally healthy and physically healthy and right. academically healthy. But you can't do that. Um, and and so that's where it gets this huge jump is that, and that's where, you know, like I was, we were fortunate that he, it was kind of caught in first grade is that you keep pushing this through and then they get to third and fourth where they're like, we're bypassed that now. Right. And um, And the further you get where your what you're reading grade level kind of is and where grade level you're actually in it gets to be further and further and that gap gap is really hard to catch up
0: and it's not just from an academic perspective because my fondest hope for Chapman I can't like it makes me teary just to think about him going to school next week but my fondest hope for him is that he just learns to love school. That yes. he feels safe, and, that he has oh. fun, that he's it really makes him feel, feeling a lot of feelings. It I want him to be curious and to find friends and to be excited every day, because if he can get that in kindergarten, we can shake the rest out. I know. And my and, goodness, can and, you just pray for the teacher who gets us? To meet the teacher because I'm. I'm, well, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm praying for so. myself
1: with those little babies and for oh, all the teachers. I just want and, you to love well, it. And I, I know that there's parents out there that. Not every kid's going to love school. And right. I'm, I'm okay with that. Like, as a teacher, I'm okay with it. As I don't parents, want you to
0: hate it, though.
1: But when your and kid p- tells you... And I know there's parents out there that hear this, that, I'm not good at this. Like, I don't like to read. I'm, it's hard. It's hard to read. And as right. somebody who loves reading and, and education, and even as a mom, you never want to see your kid struggle. Right. right. And so, so, that being said, these are these are just things that I've seen. This is just my story. It's not even my story. It's my son's story. It's just what we've been going through. Um, I've, you know, I've been thinking since this has all kind of come about in the past few months that, I just want to learn more. I just want to know more. What can I do? What can I do? What can we do? And so we, we do a private after school tutor once a week, um, with somebody who is specialized in um, a multi-sensory approach to decoding words. It's called orton gillingham Um, there are people who are trained in it.
0: And it's widely recognized as the most effective way. It is. And I
1: know that there's other things out there. This is what I found that works for my family. Right. Um, and so he does that after school. And, um, but again, there people out there who can't afford it and don't have access don't, don't to, it. Have access to right. it. Teachers are not trained in this at all. And um, I think
0: I think that's an important point it's, to it's, lean it's, into. it's a
1: choice. Let me say right. that. There are teachers it's not standard issue. It is not standard issue. Yeah. It is an after school or summer thing that is a choice. You're for adding on. Anyone. There's cost, there's mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm.
0: And I do want to say that because in this presentation where the grown men were crying and it was terribly difficult. I'm trying to like transcribe all the things they're saying so I can write about it just with some level of sense later, not weeping into my keyboard. And this man said, and I repeated this to a very, very dear friend of mine about her incredibly bright child when they got a dyslexia diagnosis. And I told you again, I would not be able to make it through this sense without crying, but his son came to him they had been, test- been tested, been trying to figure out what's going on. And the man went to a psychiatrist who deals with this and said, How am I going to tell my son he has dyslexia? It feels akin to telling him there's something wrong with him. Right. And there's nothing wrong with my child. And she said, There's nothing wrong with your child. There's something wrong with the way we've been teaching him. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what you tell him. You say, I'm sorry which is what gives me a lump in my throat, I'm sorry, we have not been doing right by you, yeah. and we are going to do a better job teaching you the way your brain needs. And that's, I think, what parents need to hear, is whether it's dyslexia or any other learning difference, my children have, to this point, you know, the two who are reading have not dealt with dyslexia, but we have dealt with Gross motor delays and speech delays and issues of all yeah. kinds and everybody bristles at the idea. My kid's perfect. There's nothing wrong with them,
1: mm-hmm.
0: but it's a matter of getting the right resources yeah. to them.
1: And and to me, it's the biggest takeaway is give them time. Give them time. So you
0: slow down your timeline.
1: Yes. Like give them one direction at a time and then allow them the time to process and think it through.
0: And on a broader scale, give them time to rewire that brain. To learn to read this, to let go of these coping mechanisms and really learn to read the way that will last and maybe even make it fun for them.
1: And, and, And there are kids out there that the reading doesn't come easily, but they're not dyslexic. And so, if you feel like you went to the teacher, and the teacher is like, "I'm fully confident your child is not dyslexic. I right. don't see these things," and, and they're like, "Well, my cat, he can't read." Uh, it, there aren't circumstances where they're like, they're just they're developmentally, just right. they're just not there yet. Right. Let's give them more time. So there's that too. Like it's not right. just uh, they're not reading. Okay, we're done. You, we're done. You
0: will never read. This is
1: it. Breathes. You're dyslexic, right? So, um, I, you know, I know people who have done outside testing. There is outside testing, um, but it does cost money. Right. Um, you schools do testing, but the most important thing is talk to your doctor. Get a feel for. They understand. They know the signs. Please don't self-diagnose because. Talk to an expert. Yeah, and and, and please know I'm not an expert. Right. I'm a mom. I'm a teacher. But um, there are people who
0: specialize in this. There are, and you know, and. And I bet that your principal or your reading specialist or your doctor can all point you to, to people somebody. who will have that expertise. Yeah, and, and it's critical that we, you know, someone else talked about this. Her child had a delay in walking and ended up having a, a diagnosis that nobody wanted. And so she spoke very hesitantly about that period in their t- in their life because she didn't want anyone to hear it and think, well, my kid's not walking. We for sure have this horrible illness. Because. There are so many reasons that you could face any number of symptoms. I had four children. The The earliest walker I had was 16 months. My latest okay. walker was 24 months for no apparent reason. And if I had a dollar for every time an early interventionist told me they're going to walk when they're ready, yeah. they're going to talk when they're ready, we would legitimately be sitting on 100 acres with like a $50 billion house right now yeah. because... I never could absorb that message, even though I had been through it again. I mean, God must be laughing in my
1: face. Mm-hmm. You have to slow your roll. Yeah. And just, and, and like humble yourself with it developmentally, they just might not be there. Right. And and if you, but if you continue to have that like nagging, nagging feeling, and if you still are just seeing that the reading is not progressing or whatever it is, is not progressing. Right. Then take a look into it. Um, but educate yourself.
0: I think that's the difference, is that I find that panic doesn't really serve us as parents. Panic
1: does not help.
0: But And I'll say this to, as a
1: teacher. Please do not come panic to me because I'm like... Right.
0: Lady, dial helping. it down. <laughs> Easy. Because that's contagious. Your kids pick it up is. on all of it, whether they're six months old and or 16. Panics. And then what's wrong with me? My mom thinks I'm, you know, well past the point of being helped. So panic isn't serving us, but information does. Talking oh. to other moms. I mean, if we're looking at the numbers... And even if it's only 10% of people have dyslexia or a related issue, you 100% know families who are dealing with this right Right. now. You know families in your community who are tapped into these resources, and you can find them.
1: And the other thing, too, is not all of us can be... be, um a certified expert right. in this topic. Like, the, the multi-sensory pro- approach is called Orton-Gillingham. Would I love to be Orton-Gillingham trained? Absolutely. But just like your podcast is called, I can't do it all at once. Right. Like, I have only I 24 have hours <laughs> It's only 24 hours and I still have teaching and a life and kids and I just, and the money to pay right. for the training. So, that's not right now where I am.
0: Are you trying to say that public school teachers don't make six figures a year? Right? Because
1: like,
0: you're not going to fool me. Well, the yacht
1: that we just bought <laughs> <this> <laughs> <week> <laughs> uh, we'll took talk. away from the, the priorities. Bias. But um, it, it's just about putting things in your back pocket and just holding on to them to kind of uh, educate yourself enough to like watch what's happening in your child's life and just keeping tabs on them.
0: So hearing that our kid doesn't like school. I mean, immediately that creates an emotional reaction in me because, I mean, I'm that kid who was like, an extra hour of school, yeah, sign me up. Well, as a teacher,
1: I'm like, don't you want to be here forever I sure do. Listening.
0: My teachers were probably like, girl, please go home. We're so done (laughs) with you. No, I was like, you're done. Uh, Front row, hands up. I like to (laughs) talk. Keep listening. (laughs) Here's the thing. You cannot force a child to love school. No. But you can probably
1: get a bit to the root of why they don't love it. Well, and you can be patient, and like I said, you can give them time, and um, give them one step at a time, and use visual images, and um, just be just—I don't want to say be patient, but be patient with them as as you figure out what's just keep, going on.
0: Keep breathing. Yeah, keep reading. Keep breathing. Dude, this is not the end. This is just a label that might help you figure out. What comes next? And this is just our. And I keep saying
1: this is my right. story. It's just one story of many.
0: But I think it has tremendous parallels to other people, whether they're dealing with dyslexia itself or, or any sort of any
1: learning difference, learning disability. It could. Be, I mean, and in math, he's very good. I mean, right. the, the struggle with math is now reading word problems. Right, which is another piece. Reading. Right,
0: you get to where reading is in everything. Yeah, reading is in every
1: subject. You know, and it's a
0: trick. Where, I mean, the other piece of this, you know, I grew up with someone who could not stand reading, and then his mom found graphic novels, essentially, yes. and he was suddenly glued to the pages, just well, found the right thing for him.
1: And and the other thing, one other thing I noticed was, um, you know, there's so many, you want to, you know, like our home library just keeps building because I love books, um, and I love to read, and my husband loves to read, um, and... We're both educators, so this makes a lot yes, of sense. Absolutely you know, there's all these books that are like the first time readers and they have a big one in the corner or two and, and we pick those up and those words are not decodable. Like if it's a Spider-Man one book, like
0: you, you need two, to take a look at it.
1: Yeah. Like you have to look at the book and kind of be aware and the, the, the multisensory approach, the, the other thing that's critical is with dyslexia is that it's like all about your modalities That like you need to visually see it, you need to say it, so you get that auditory. Um, You need to do it, and then you need to feel it. So there's your kinesthetic. So it's kind of like your whole brain is engaged. Mm -hmm. So every part, all of your senses are engaged in that, and that will really causes your body to kind of it ingrains, um, you know, um, the idea into you. And again, that's how they say learning should be anyway. So why would we not do it with?
0: Because of time. Because of time. And we should say that people who live in South Carolina, legislation was Mm -hmm. not very long ago enacted that puts mandatory screenings in place, I want to say, twice a year for a few grades.
1: Um, A lot of the districts are kind of decoding what Mm -hmm. all that means. Because it's new. So, yeah, very new, like this summer or the end of last year. So this was
0: one of the – the man who proposes legislation is from not far from Greenville and was one of the men in tears at this economic development meeting who was so moved by this that he climbed mountains – to enact what I think is really common sense screenings for younger elementary school kids, because the sooner we can catch dyslexia, and again, you could or maybe any learning. that's true. Any any learning disability, you could maybe pass a screening at a different age where maybe the standards are a little bit different and you're coping fine. And then things change. Yeah, so it makes sense to me, and I'm
1: thankful for that. But if well, then I wonder, like, what you know? It's, to me, it seems kind of common sense. So I'm like, well, okay, well, it's 2019. Why, why? why? And when we were in school, I mean,
0: I can't think of one person who had dyslexia, and undoubtedly there was. I was sitting right next to someone.
1: Well, and, all and, the and time, anyone who's in the education field and world um, kind of knows, like, that's like a word you don't say. Like mm. in schools, you don't say. In public schools, I should say. Um, But it's really now becoming a word that you can use. Like, I feel very comfortable saying it. Saying dyslexia. Um, again, though, like not as a, as a parent, right. not as a teacher. Right. Um, because, again, I'm not going to self-diagnose my students. Right. Um, but I do, but as a but mom But you can point now, out concerns, I would say. So
0: you're not giving necessarily a diagnosis, but just saying, I see A, B, and C, and wonder if we should investigate further.
1: Well, and a lot of the times I, I won't bring, I, I don't bring it to the table. Um, the parent will bring, and I'll say, you know, as a matter of fact, you know, I have seen a sign of that. Um, I don't want yeah. to, I don't want to plant the seed. Right. Um,
0: but at the same time, as a parent, I imagine it would be really affirming to see that someone who spends hours a day with your child. Yes.
1: That you're not hallucinating. Well, that, that's they where, they where I came too. from. Like, I, I mean, this is completely humbling is that I went and said, you know he's doing his letters backwards and the reading is kind of not coming. Do you think he could be dyslexic? And here I am thinking I'm being like completely overbearing off the wall. And then it's like off the wall suggestion. And then, and the teacher was like, well actually, and I was like, what? Like I just was covering my bases.
0: And now now, I would say more information is power. Yes. Um, So let's
1: figure it out. and, And even though I'm not an expert on, the decoding part of this and the multisensory approach and all the ways as a mom now I'm learning how to help him with reading like when he sees the word dog like we know the short vowel sounds or we have tricks and words or things that we say like remember and we have motions like A the A ah sound you act like you're holding an apple so if we come across a word that has a short A sound and he's not sure what sound it makes I can just make the motion without having to say anything and That's it's awesome. so motions help uh, these little tricks very helpful, um, and that's what I've learning through just his tutoring, which is outside of school. Um, it's,
0: it's tremendously powerful to feel like you have that resource. Yes, we did a lot of that with. We've had two children in speech therapy, but one, our preemie, needed more help. Just had eating issues, oral issues that kind of led to speech issues, and from what I understand, those are can be linked. Reading and speech issues can kind of go hand in hand. Mm-hmm. So just knowing someone else may have a tool or a shortcut, like you're not the only family that's ever dealt with this, has got to be pretty powerful. Like yes. I don't have to start from scratch. Someone's going to give me a couple tools, yeah. a couple shortcuts,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and also I've got a teammate. Like. We don't have to do this alone. Right. And and I
1: think that's your whole podcast is right. we're not doing this alone. We're all doing this together. And and if you ever feel after, that way,
0: it's just a lie. It's, just it's just a
1: it's lie. lie. Like, don't feel
0: that Call way. Call me. DM me. I'm right here because I promise if I haven't faced it, I know
1: 10 people who have. Yeah. And we're going to figure it out. And and I think that's th- that was my biggest draw to come and talk was, like, I'm not alone and I'm a teacher. And therefore, like, you may not be a teacher. You may be in a completely different field, but... You know, you can listen to me and listen to my story, and it might help somebody. And that's what's the most important to me, because as an educator, I want to just educate anybody. Right. And how has
0: this changed you as an educator? So we know kind of what you've done as a mom to arm yourself with information and tools, and it sounds like be really hands-on at home. I think it Mm -hmm. will benefit your kindergartner. Mm -hmm. Whether or not he ends up having dyslexia, he will just have different strategies right. for in, in multi-sensory decoding of words how does this help your fifth graders what have you learned that you kind of um, keep in mind in the classroom
1: well uh, m- really the like s- step by step mm-hmm. you know i mean if 20 percent of the population if i if i think of 20 percent of my students have some sort of learning disability or even like mm-hmm. dyslexia right um it's going to help them, but it's also going to help everybody else. Right. So um, it can, and again, the processing part of what you say to a group of people can come out in different ways and manifest itself in their head differently. So when I give directions, like one lesson I learned was like when I give directions in a classroom setting, I may say, turn to page 78 and then they, and then the, the, the helpful hint to me was have another student Clarify what you said before you give step two. Mm-hmm. So I might say, Ann, can you tell me what page were we supposed to turn to? And then my heart just fell in my stomach
0: because I'm like, was my brain listening to you? I don't know. And she's no. going to say, I was like 78.
1: 78, Mrs. McLean. And so therefore, that only gives kids who did not hear, right. whether it was because they were not paying attention, which definitely happens, <laughs> or because they really honestly right. were struggling. Or they were working. They were trying to finish something else. I mean, it helps a variety of kids to find page seventy-eight without feeling like they're getting and you're not humiliated. Reprimand, yeah, mm-hmm. reprimanded. Um, and it gives a little bit of extra time. It gives Anne a feeling of confidence that she knew what page we were turning to. Right. And then after we, I said, okay, seventy-eight. That's the page. And then I will say, okay, now let's look. Let's let's talk about reconstruction or right. whatever we're talking about. And then um, so so breaking plan. it up a little bit. And and I think that as you do that. They do pick up the directions a little bit quicker. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think it's like a it starts to train yourself. Right. Um, so that was one. Um, and to, get, to give directions and have somebody repeat it before moving on to the next direction. Um, not giving so many directions at once. Mm-hmm. Um, the other part of that, too, is if I do have a lot of directions, write them on the board. Mm-hmm. Um, I use different colors. And I don't know if the colors help, but it makes me feel good. Right. I like colors. It's pretty. Um Uh, have the kids read over the directions. Mm -hmm. Um, And definitely I've learned that like, if I say, does anybody have questions and nobody raises their hand, there might be somebody that's not raising their hand because they don't embarrass themselves. Right. So definitely giving myself time to walk around and, If anybody does have a question, they can whisper it to me or if they want to come see me and Mm -hmm. not feel like reprimanded, like, why weren't you listening? It was page 78.
0: I love that you still have that sensitivity too, because even in, I mean, in fifth grade and even in your thirties, we're all still so sensitive to being not the only one who has a question.
1: I mean, I doubt, I mean, I seriously think everybody listening has been in a meeting where if you had to be called out, (laughs) you were about to stop breathing. Yeah you, you like, sweaty. huh, that's a good question. Um, hmm. So, and again, I'm not perfect. Does it happen? Am I going to work on it? Absolutely.
0: That's all we can do. And how would you say this has changed your son? You told me that he ha- you haven't really sat down and said, like, hey, FYI, there's a word for a label that applies to your brain. And that's why we've been trying A, B, C, and D.
1: That There's really no need for that. Um, for I that. haven't really said the word, but we have talked about that, like... You know, reading is hard, and Mm -hmm. so therefore we're going to learn new strategies. Because, like you said, like it's the way I'm teaching you. Right. To change the way I teach you. So we've talked about that. You know, it's the way that your brains work, and we're just going to try something new. And I think it's going to help. And I think he's become more confident in the reading. Um, I mean, he still has um, ways to go. He's definitely progressed in reading, but he has the
0: luxury of time, having caught it in the first
1: grade. And so I feel, I feel very fortunate, um, that we, we did catch it early and that I did notice little signs and that, um, you know, we were able to get the help that he needs. And, and people have asked like, okay, well, you know, once he hits a couple years, he won't need any more tutoring, like he'll be fixed. And this is not something that's like fixable. It's more of like retraining your brain so that these multisensory decoding, um, skills, um, become second nature muscle memory in your brain. So and that might take time. And that, that does take time. And is it hard? Yes. And, um, will reading be his favorite? Maybe not. And that's fine if it's not. Um, but I just need to give him all the help I can in order to make things. I mean, education is so important and we put such an emphasis on it. I just want to make sure that he, um, stays engaged and right. and knows he's loved no matter yes. how he reads. Because, again,
0: your grades are so secondary to any number of important qualities. Absolutely.
1: Yourself. Absolutely. And, you know, this is not the end-all be-all. Um, but, you know, we all want our kid to be healthy, happy, and successful. And um, success is measured totally different in every student. So his success is that reading is progressing. And he is reading. And we're reading harder awesome. books and. Um he's happy, you know, I mean That's so good. He's not rapping. <laughs> I mean with that
0: throw that beat down. You can throw the beat. So what would you say to a mom who just feels that nagging something's not quite I mean, right here?
1: It, it honestly it depends on what age your kid is. Yeah. Um, if we're in
0: elementary school but we're not in first grade, are we in second grade,
1: third grade? So let's let's just shoot for like third grade. Yeah. Okay, so um, by this point they should be reading pretty fluently. A lo- okay, let me back up. So, with dyslexia, like we said, it's not a measure of intelligence. So, the coping skills that many of them have, like you'd be like, "Well, they read it." Like I read it to him right. once, and he could read it, which is astounding. And I'm like, they memorized the book. Like if you give a what we call a cold read, and it, it's a struggle. You know, there, uh, and again, I'm not saying go give your kid a book and say, like, start reading this. I need to see where you (laughs) are. Do it, do it, do it. Um, But, you know, there's little things like where if it really listen to the teacher, Mm -hmm. you know, humble yourself and saying, like, what are you seeing? How's their reading coming? What can we work on at home? And you'll get a good feel um, with listening to the teacher. Go talk to their past teachers. Go talk to the teacher before, the year before. Like, I know it's been a year or two, but can you, I want to, you know, talk about reading. Does anything stick out to And and just really be humbled and sit back and just absorb what they're saying. Um, Because I know I work 110% um, on my classroom and on the students, and I pour myself into them. So I do feel like I do have, you know, understand their... Strengths and weaknesses. Right. Um. To so really just listen, listen to your child. Um. They maybe have no disability, but just not like school. You know. So maybe that's a, that's a whole nother. Right. Podcast about and school.
0: undoubtedly there are people who know mm-hmm. a ton about that in your child's school. Right. Who can find now? Where have. We'll include in the show notes maybe some links or resources for mm-hmm. good organizations mm-hmm. for people who have questions or about where to start. I would say my best bet, being kind of that teacher's pet, like front row, hand in the air kid, would always be to talk to school administration and say, these are my concerns. Where can you point right. And I wouldn't go
1: to them before the teacher. Right. Definitely teacher, doctor.
0: And then they're going to know folks,
1: know organizations, mm-hmm. or have resources in their back pocket for you. Right. Um, it, it's just, um, it might be something else, or right. it might be nothing. And
0: but that teacher
1: spends a lot of time with your child. And analyzing data. Right. So, um, but it's just, I think it's now, I mean, it's going to be interesting because I feel like after this podcast, people are going to start, they're going to, I heard about it just yesterday, and now we're here again. So it's gonna it's gonna be like a trigger like word like people are gonna hear popping up a lot. I hope um, so.
0: I'm going to include a link in the show notes as well to that piece I wrote um, that had the grown men crying. It's not okay. titled "grown men cried." I can't be. remember what I titled it, but it does have a really balanced perspective on the importance of literacy and workforce development, and all of us as kind of in economic development. And it really puts a bigger perspective, especially for people who either aren't parents. Or maybe folks who are more data-driven, higher level, as opposed to child-by-child. Child, like, why this is such an important issue. The other thing I want to say is that in listening to our conversation, the themes that have come out again and again have been don't panic. Yes. Be humbled. Yes. And be patient. Which I think yes. are true in all numbers <laughs> of <or> situations. <laughs> But especially here, so... I need a t-shirt with that If thing. I had probably my phone went through, the thing I text people the most is keep breathing. Like, that's my go-to. You call me because the bottom fell out, keep breathing. We can deal with the rest later, but, like, not if you go into apoplectic shock. So, yeah, keep breathing. We're going to figure this out. Well, and...
1: Anything. Yeah, and just breathe, and then you got to take action. Right. Just claim it and let's say, be patient,
0: right. let's educate ourselves, and let's get some people on our
1: team. And, and... Just know that it's a struggle for them, and so, you know, just be more more patient than you possibly can um, with them on the reading, and celebrate every little tiny success, every little
0: thing. And not just because it's an A on a paper, but because we made it through homework without crying so Yes. I mean, whatever, whatever that it takes. Is. Because I want you to just... I just want you... What I remember about my childhood, like, I loved being the kid who knew the answers. Everyone probably hated I me. Mean, we should find someone like from Columbia. Oh, for sure. But I would say what I remember more than that is coming home and my parents, you know, they gave you a number one, two, or three based on your effort level. So mm-hmm. you got like a grade like a grade letter and a number. And I remember my dad saying to me once, I would rather you get like a D with a one for effort than you to have straight A's and have comments at the bottom like that would embarrass me. Right.
1: Like, well, you need to be a good human. And, and my thing I say when we talk, when, when, we haven't said it a lot this summer, but I'm always like, I don't care how you performed. All I care about is your effort. Did you show good effort? Is this the best you could do? Is this the very best you could do? And, and if the answer is you showed good effort, like, that's what I say to, him, say to him. And he'll say, I did. And I'm like, then I am the most I'm proud of you proud. I've ever been. Oh. Just, I just want good effort. And then sometimes they will say, I don't out. think I get good effort. And I'm like, well, then what do we learn from that? Like, right. what can we do next? You know? Because there will always be a next. And, and I will say, too, like, writing is a part of this. Like, writing is a struggle for him. Because they're tied. Very Because they're very close. Yeah. And, um, good, and a good approach to helping dyslexia or students can be a good approach to teaching more with reading can help in the writing. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I'm like, is this your very best writing? And and, and if it took him forever, I'm like, do not make them erase it and say it's not neat enough like that. And that really honestly is like one of the biggest misconceptions is if it's messy, do not make them erase it and redo it. Mm. Unless you really feel like... They you're just hard flew, of through hardest, they flew through it and they didn't try it. And they are like, you know, very blase. Like, can that. I go in the backyard and throw the ball now?
0: Right, or the video games, yeah. Right.
1: But if they took their time and, and, and tried... I mean, I I do worry, like, with the backwards letters, I'm like, okay, let's read. We've got to write it the right way just to practice that muscle memory. Right. But don't make them rewrite a, re-write a whole sentence just because it w- didn't meet your neat standard. You know, because our standard of neatness. And their level of effort might not. That's so true. The best he can do may not align. And, and it really, honestly, it teaches kids to to not like writing. Hmm. So with parents, I'm like, I tell parents, I'm like, I can, I can read lots of handwriting. Do have not you Have you seen a
0: doctor's prescription note? <laughs> we, we can read all manner of things. I can literally
1: like read. He's <laughs> gonna be a like, great doctor. Yeah, right. He's gonna be an amazing. <laughs> doctor.
0: We love you, daughters. We do. We love well, thank doctors. you so much. Is there anything you wanted to include that you didn't
1: feel like you got to talk about? Um, No, I mean, just this is, I'm just glad to, to get it out there. No, I mean, I'm so uh,
0: glad that you got to be here. And I think it's a level of vulnerability that people will respond to because having a professional knowledge and then having a personal experience are two really different things.
1: And, and you know, with going back to school, this is just something to kind of hold on to and just um, and if it helps one person kind of find some help help for their child send it to a
0: friend and you know because we are going to hear someone not today not tomorrow but people we know and care about if not our own children are going to deal with this well and
1: I you know I love the idea of podcasts because I'm always I'm like questioning and talking to my like village of people about issues and we're all in the same boat and Mm -hmm. so let's you know help each other and educate each other so we can all because we just want the best for our kids, and, right.
0: um, which is why we're all crying about this every time we and talk and about and it. Every time, man, kids, I hope you know that we love you, even we do. even if we're so tired. We're tired. I'm tired. I say
1: I'm too late reading about know, things. to, to help myself, you? And then I'm.
0: But I love you, and I hope that that's what you take away from your childhood, and not like, wow, mom said shush a lot, Tina. I rewrite. that. You could use your inside voice. Yes. Also, uh, FYI. We love you, but you could and take it the a only thing up. really is, like, no
1: running in the house. I mean...
0: We did one of those Father's Day questionnaires for Chapman for our son. He's about to go to kindergarten. You know, what does daddy like to do? What is something daddy says a lot? And he said, no running in this house. <laughs> and it's so weird that that's the one thing he took away from Bradley. When he doesn't say that much, A, and when Chapman doesn't heed that advice, B. Yeah. So he's heard it. He remembers it.
1: Well, actually, my... Kindergartner, rising kindergartner, got new sh- new back school shoes. Mm. So we had trouble in trouble now. He house. has been running around the house, showing me how fast he can right. run, and I'm like, "All right." His teacher's like, like, "Flash!" Thanks a lot. Yeah, I know. <laughs> like, <laughs> don't run in the classroom. He
0: told me that his feet, um, his the ears on his feet, don't work really well, so they have like a hard time hearing like, oh. when we tell them not to run. Oh, well. Might want to tell us. If your feet could turn your listening ears on, that would be super That would be help helpful. Well, thanks so much for your inside perspective. We will put some links in the show notes. If people want to find you or if there are any resources you want to connect them with, you can just let me All know right. and we'll drop them there. I would love
1: to. All right. Well, happy school year. Thank you.
0: Hope you get an awesome class. And I hope you just
1: have a great year with your four. <sighs> oh, there we good. go. It's
0: gonna be three in school, which is by the way, a lot of paperwork. A lot and of a paperwork. Lot less A lot less, yes. A lot less preschool, however, um, a lot more of May being an only child, and I don't think she quite has anticipated what that will look like. So, yeah, I'm considering just bringing her to kindergarten and seeing if they notice. she, um, she She has two more. We're every other year. As Max said once, he had to go to the ER once for breathing treatments. And he was all hopped up on steroids and he told the lady, you know, I've never been to the hospital before, except as a guest every other year when my mama has a baby. (laughs) So we'll leave you with that. Thanks so much, Bonnie.
1: No problem. Happy to be
0: here. That's it for today's But Not All at Once. Thanks so much for joining us, y'all. I hope you'll subscribe because we have a lot to talk about this season and I don't want you to miss a single story. If you love what we're doing, would you consider leaving us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts? It would mean the world. Like more than a porch drop of a large Chick-fil-A sweet tea with pellet ice. It's a big deal. Come join the conversation at But Not All at Once on Instagram or email me directly at butnotallatonce at gmail.com. As always, I'm Anne Smith and I'll see you right here next week. Bye guys.